Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Of course, we're talking about the Jesuits this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. I bring on a good friend of mine, Matt, who is uh, very, very intelligent, very easy to talk to and very entertaining to listen to. And I hope that you enjoy what he has to offer up front here. Of course, he was on episode 125 called Disney Propaganda, Mind Control, and Freemasonry with Matt T. One of our top 10 episodes uh, out of all the ones that we do have here on Dangerous World. Fun, fun guy, man. Really, really gets deep into the dark inner workings of all of these secret societies. And I'm trying to convince this guy to start his own podcast, man. Um, Good news is I think I'm about to turn him. I think he's going to join into the podcast world. So uh, look forward to his podcast coming out hopefully soon, sooner than later, we'll say, right? Um, I also bring on the great Mark and his uh, wonderful girlfriend, Tara. They break down uh, their side of how they interpret the Jesuits. Of course, Mark is more into the uh, sort of spiritual aspect and the esoteric. He's a he's an interesting guy, right? He runs, of course, Alt Media United And he's doing some great things for the podcast world, sort of bringing a lot of great people together. Of course, I have him to thank for bringing me on Tinfoil Hat. And uh, to all the new Patreon subscribers, um, I'm assuming from Tinfoil Hat, I thank you guys. I, of course, thank my old Ride or Die Patreon subscribers. You guys are never forgotten. You guys really make me uh, motivated to continue the show. And quite frankly, you produce the show. and you can, of course, join this army, patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, whether you want to get three, five or ten dollars, you really do help me out a lot. 
Um, obviously, I mean, I, I, I am forever indebted to you guys and you get a, a, a lot of bonus content um, with that $3 and the $5, you will get uh, the full versions of each episode. Uh, and also with the $5 portion, you'll get uh, some nice uh, extra rants every every episode. And since this one, I'm releasing the entirety of it because Mark and I did a swap cast for it. Uh, of course, uh, my family thinks I'm crazy. If you want to go and show him some love too, you'll hear most of what we're sharing here with you today on his feed as well. However, I do bring Matt on in the beginning and he breaks some shit down that is insane. Um, big, big fan of what uh, Matt Matt has to say here. So um, it is a fun little discussion on both ends. And uh, I mean, dude, it was just the Jesuits. They they really go deep, man. They they are infiltrating all levels of government, business, pop culture, anything you can imagine. The Jesuits dip their little fingers into, and uh, it was a fun fun discussion. Of course, if you're interested in checking out merch from Dangerous World Podcast, go to DangerousWorldStore.com. All t-shirts are $17.76 in honor of the founding of this country, the Declaration of Independence, baby. You know what I'm saying? $17.76 is is what we're about over here at Dangerous World. And I have to let you guys know about Manscaped as well. Okay, I want to get through this stuff really quick because this is a long episode and I'm hopefully going to get some cool some cool content out on uh, Patreon, uh, sort of in addition to the Conor McGregor episode that I did, because one of my good buddies, Rich, also told me some interesting stuff about Dana White and how he is connected to the Irish mob as well. Imagine that a promoter, a fight promoter promoting a mediocre fighter at this point to the death. And he's connected to the Irish mob too. What are the odds, right? Apparently they're pretty good. So look for that again. That's going to be under that $3 tier. That's essentially working as this uh, extended version of this episode. However, it ties into episode 138. This is of course, 139. So go and check that out. Um, but yeah, guys, Manscaped, dude, you already know what Manscaped is. If you don't, I mean, you need to check out Manscaped.com. You know, summer's here. You know, people are starting to go and like they're they're starting to integrate back into society. They're going to get uh, more friendly with the ladies. And of course, guys, you need to make sure that your package is tightened up, dude. You can't be running out there with the, the shrubbery going on. You got to use the promo code DANGER. You'll get 20% off around the world. You'll also get free shipping. You cannot beat that, man. You you received this package. They got the awesome, awesome logo. It's like the all-seeing ball sack. Um, I swear to God. I mean, it's literally, it's a ball sack pyramid with an eye in it. I I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up, dude. Manscaped is like a, a dangerous world. Manscaped is a match made in heaven, I swear. Um, everyone has that awkward experience shaving their nuts in a pinch you nick your sack and you're bleeding and then the chick thinks that you're you know got some kind of herpes or some sort of disease and it just doesn't work out that's not going to happen with the lawnmower 4.0 dude it's just not i've tried to nick my sack and it's just not possible they also have this uh 4.0 performance package and you get everything that you need ball deodorant ball toner 
you know, the, the, also the, uh, the weed whacker, dude, they just sent me one of these things and it trims your nose hairs in a way that it doesn't like tickle your nose and make you sneeze. I hate that shit. You know what I mean? This lawnmower and this weed whacker are what you need, dude. So please guys, we are in this, um, little trial run here where um you know they're they're sort of trying to see they, they it was one month long they pushed it to two months i guess we're not impressing them enough so you know help us out help yourselves out help your lady out and ladies help your men out and hot tip for the ladies too they don't know the shaver does not know if it's shaving a ball sack or some lips if you know what i'm saying you know what i mean and it's not going to cut either so, uh, again, danger is that promo code you need to use over there. Manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping. And, uh, I mean, just like I said, do yourselves a favor. And, um, I mean, dude, it is what you guys need. So appreciate all that help. One last time here, guys, danger is that promo code, uh, free shipping, 20% off on all their stores, $8 soaps, $7 toners, deodorants, all kinds of things that you guys need. I would really appreciate it. And I know that they uh, also would, uh, you know, love to get uh, get inside those medicine cabinets of yours. And uh, I, that sounds creepy. I need to edit that. That sounds weird. Get inside. Let me get in your medicine cabinet. I don't know, dude. You know, we just need to all work together and, and pr- prop up these good companies. These guys help out with ball cancer. Um, it's the most common cancer in young males, I think, ages 15 to 35. Help these people out, help yourselves out, help me out, and let's all get this rolling because the Jesuits, they don't care about you. You know what I mean? You like how I did that right there. Enjoy this episode. We're going to roll into this conversation that I had with Matt, and then uh, right after that, it's just going to go right into the conversation with that I had with uh, Mark and his girlfriend, Tara, who have uh, some great stuff going on over at uh, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. So thank you very much, everybody. And I hope that you enjoy this show. All right, everybody, I'm going to bring in my buddy, Matt, here, who is very, very knowledgeable in all kinds of different conspiracies. Big friend of the show. He's been on in the Disney episode, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but I will get it to you before this conversation's over, guys. Matt, what's going on over there, man? How's it going, Ryan? Pretty good, dude. Freaking humid over here. It's been raining. It's like disgusting weather, but the desert needs the rain, dude. So I'm just sitting here chilling and I did a little experiment. I collected water in a bunch of little buckets, just prepping for the end times over here, man. And it's not uh, illegal yet out there. I not that I know of, dude. Not that I know of, but who knows? I mean, isn't that a crazy idea too? Just right off the bat, not to get sidetracked, but like how 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 are you going to make it illegal to collect rainwater or to like hunt? on like united states non-private property stuff it's fascinating oh it's unbelievable it it just makes it's the upside down world we're in right now (laughs) exactly dude um so no man you know you sent me some interesting information about the jesuits um ironically the the jesuits seem to kind of tie into the freemasons which that's what we talked about in our disney episode technically you are not supposed to be a jesuit and a mason at the same time but we know for certain people they break the rules um give me what you got on the jesuits dude i'm stoked to hear what you what you have well it's it's real interesting i mean like you said they're kind of everywhere right they are not masons directly but Mm -hmm. there are correlations between the two right? So they're not enemies. They do work on the same, they may have the same bosses in the end. Sure. Um, 
But what I found interesting was, you know, they were created back in 1534 uh, under Pope uh, Paul III, who is Alessandro Farnese, which is House of Farnese, right? So you get into that. And as basically what they do is they give undying loyalty to the Vatican. Mm -hmm. As far as what they said is uh, uh, under Loyola, uh, Ignatius of Loyola, he says, what seems to me to be white, I will believe black if the hierarchical church so defines. Mm. So basically, that's kind of the one plus one equals three that we see, you know, in 1984, that logic that, okay, I'm going to have blind faith to these people and do whatever they ask in return for something, right? So what did they get in return? They turned out to be the military arm of the Vatican. And also the, I guess you could call them the propaganda arm, but they, their job was to go in to countries, infiltrate and reform them. Um, and one of the things that I found interesting was that they were granted the ability to accept confession and to absolve sin, but they weren't allowed the, pa- the power to marry people. So mm. the, the, think about that. If you're allowed to take confession what do you get gathering there? Knowledge, all sure. of the local area, what's going on in the area? How do you collect information? It's like, it, it, it's like a precursor to Mossad or the CIA, right? They, oh, they wow. infiltrate. And what do they do with this information? They can blackmail, right? And they can do it to powerful people. Yes. So this is how they start to gain their power and, and, and really infiltrate the society and take control of it. And so you're speaking, of course, of Jesuit priests here, correct? Yeah, yeah. That so were they sent couldn't on mission. marry people, though. I don't know. That was an interesting one. They, you know, I, maybe they didn't want to give them the power to make unions, huh. you know, just to separate and divide and things like that. But yeah, that was one of the one-offs. I couldn't find any much more on it, but they weren't allowed to marry people. It may also be because they want them to focus on sort of collecting this intel, like you, like you say, and because that makes so much sense, dude. Like you say, a precursor to the Mossad, precursor to like MI5, CIA, all these organizations that or like even like an Epstein type thing, collecting blackmail type stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah, exactly. And they have this rule, which is called Jesuit Rule 13 that I mm-hmm. got from um, Amy says uh, WTF has a great book on the bloodlines and such called Synergy. And I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, It's very detailed. It goes into every house and everything. But what she says in here in Jesuit rule 13, that way we may be all together of the same mind and conformity. The Jesuits are so extreme in their submission. uh, They become like machines. Their determination to achieve their goals drew on powers available to other men through black magic. If the Jesuits speak about the works of Jesuits, they will find themselves assassinated. Yes, dude. We mentioned that a little later, too. Not that exact thing. But, dude, there's so many leaders throughout time that get killed by these Jesuits. And it's exactly what you're saying, that Rule 13 right there, dude. Yeah, the list of presidents is is long. You know, the leaders throughout the world. It, it, it's It's amazing. And it yeah. stretches all the way up into JFK. Absolutely. Dude, you know, and it's kind of funny. I mentioned this uh, later in the episode in the Patreon portion that uh, they in the Vatican, they have a painting of JFK dead in his convertible with Jackie holding him. 
that day no in way. Dallas when he got shot. And in the Vatican, they have a painting of that. And they did a ceremony in 1963, which what happened in 63, that's when JFK died, dude. That was probably one of the most pivotal points for the Jesuits. That's when they really, I think, realized like, okay, we kind of failed electing this this Catholic here, right? And we yep. got another Catholic right now in the White House, supposedly. So it's crazy, dude. We'll see what happens. But yeah, what else you got, dude? Well, it's interesting because we'll go back to the House of Farnese. When they fade away they marry into the spanish royalty the bourbons okay well, yeah, house who, of bourbon who, who yeah. comes out of the house of bourbon the rothschilds really so basically what he did was he handed over the jesuits to the rothschilds and said okay here you go now you have the banking side of it and here's the jesuits as your military arm and basically what their goal was was the united states in the end uh, you know other than worldwide global power they they went they tried to go east right and when they went east they hit some hesitancy when they got too big right and and one of the interesting ones is in 1597 in Japan there's this uh thing called the 26 martyrs of Japan mm. they they got to Japan in 1540 and and rapidly were able to convert about 100,000 people well the emperor didn't really mind at first because he was trying to suppress the buddhism push in the country and he also thought it would be a good in for trade with Spain and Portugal. So he's like, okay, we'll let him in here for, and then all of a sudden Jesuits started being Jesuits. They started making money. They started getting a little too powerful and crossing that line. So the shogunate said, all right, we got to get rid of these guys. So what do they do? They crucified 26 of them in the streets to prove a point. And they, apparently that wasn't good enough because they had, again, you know, in the next 15 years they they slaughtered about 200 more and finally eventually the jesuits and catholics went underground in japan but it, i mean it's things like that where they spread and they push too far they did the same thing in south america um you did know, they kill where, a bunch of them in south america too no 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 the, i'm saying the jesuits expand in south america Absolutely. i mean they did okay. because they banned them right brazil was the first country to ban the jesuits mm. um in uh 1754 and then portugal followed in 59 and then by 1773 the pope again let's get back to the bourbons the pope was forced basically in 1773 to sign the the holy see that that pushed the jesuits underground because the bourbon monarchies were were scared of the jesuits at this point you know, the Jesuits had been had gained such a stronghold in, you know, they were getting powerful with money, with, you know, trading, um, and, and they started getting into usury. So the Jesuits gained power pretty quickly. And so the, the, the Roth, that, that bourbon side of things keeps going in. Well, then 1832 in the Treaty of Verona, basically what that is, is, is the modern equivalent to what Biden just did to the border. You know, the, the Vatican and the European nations said, let's get as many Catholic immigrants into the United States as possible. And, and they basically flooded it. And the majority of them were Irish um, and Italian. Right. They, they flooded us w- with those Catholics. And, you know, in doing back so then, back then, you're saying, correct? Yes. So. Uh, yeah. So when you say us, you're just referring to like the the Catholics or the the Christians or or, or what are you uh, referring to there? Oh, the U.S. Sorry, America. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. So that's what you're saying. Like, is what going on, is going on with Mexico, 
and they're just pumping these Catholics in because there is a lot, there's a, a heavy presence of Catholics in Mexico, especially. And well, El Salvador, Honduras, sure, where all these okay. where all these people are coming up from, right? In this in this yeah. immigration push that that Biden's pushing, and they they just so happen to all come up with Biden T shirts, you know, search the border. That's what he said, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, so crazy. this is basically the Jesuits' plan, right? And they did this. Now, one of the things about the Jesuits is they have a weird, almost fetish worship with the Virgin Mary. Mm. Okay. And, you know, uh, they are supposed to have relics of her hair, supposedly have relics of one of her gowns, and they worship these things significantly. Well, isn't it interesting? What are the two states around Washington, D.C.? You've got, uh, I'm so bad with geography, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess, see if I get it right. Do we got Massachusetts and Rhode Island? Virginia. Okay. And Maryland. <laughs> okay. I was way off. It ain't. So, so look at it. Virgin Maryland. Yes. So, and they put DC right in the middle. Wow. Well, DC just so happened to be owned by a Jesuit, uh, John, uh, either John Carroll or one of the Carroll brothers owned it. And they worked with uh, a French gentleman to design it, you know, Freemason style with, you know, the, uh, the pentagram layout in DC, the, the uh, Masonic, uh, cross uh not cross uh the all-seeing eye like the compass and all that stuff compass yes and 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 the way it's laid out is all all esoteric wow okay so let's kind of go back to that dude because that's fascinating so virginia meaning the virgin and maryland being the land of mary yep that's where dc sits right in the middle you have this pentagram right where like the white house is that is insane, dude. So what do you think that that is? Do you think that they're trying to just kind of hide that? Or do you think that they're more trying to throw it in people's faces? Well, it's one of those where they laugh, but people don't know. Sure. Right. If you don't know it, you know, you just assume that's, oh, that's Virginia. That's Maryland. Well, when they were creating the state names, there's a purpose to everything. Right. And, wow. and, and that just blew my mind. I was like, wow. I'm like, they really planned this thing out. And that's what really surprised me about this is that. Essentially, the Jesuits were sent here, you know, through the Bourbons to command America and, and, and make sure that it wasn't a republic, that it never got to the status of a republic, because if it did, republics would then spread outwards and kill the monarchies. Shit, dude. That is crazy, man. That, that's honestly, that's really cool information, dude. I was looking quite a bit. Never came across that. So good, good fucking job finding that. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, and it's funny because if you go back to like, uh, let's see, let's go back to 1773. Is it where, is where the he, Pope uh, got rid of the uh, Jesuits? He, he, what he got, he kicked him out of the Vatican, right? Yeah. But uh, back to the, you know, the American revolution, uh, you know how the U you know, Washington was close with the French in, in the war against Britain, yes. obviously. Yep. And one of his big allies was uh, Marquis de Lafayette, a, a, a French statesman in general that he worked closely with. And in seven, in, in, I don't know what exact year it was, he was alive from 57 to 1834. But he said, it is my opinion that if the liberties of this country, the United States of America are destroyed, it will be subtly of the Roman Catholic Jesuit priests, for they are the most crafty, dangerous enemies to civil and religious liberty. They have the most, they have integrated most of the wars of Europe. 
Wow, dude. And, and so that's way back then that, that he was saying that. And then in uh, 1914 or 1916, you had U.S. Senator Robert Owen saying the U.S. is the prime target to which the Vatican directs the subversive and direct destructive activities of the Jesuits. Damn. So, I mean, it's not like they were hiding it. Everybody knew that the Jesuits were coming. Now, like we've talked about, they're not in this for a quick turnaround. Absolutely. They're in yeah. this for the long game. So if you look about, a, you know, a hundred years later, look where we sit now, you know? Do you, do you think, do you believe that they're trying to serve some sort of alien race or something? Or do you not get into that alien or like that spiritual or, or otherworldly type stuff? I'm into the spiritual. I don't know about, I, I have a tough term idea with the term aliens because sure. I don't think there's like these outer space beings, but yeah. I also think there's a possibility that there are non-humans or interdimensional more so. Yeah. Entities. Right. And, okay. but I think the I think the Jesuits are really earthbound. I, I don't think, you know, they use the, the, you know, the dark mag- magic of the ether. Okay. Or they try and harness that, but I don't think they're really into the, you know, uh, the aliens and, and I think they're really about domination here. Now, Interesting. could they be tied with the, you know, with our good friend Pindar, you right. know, I mean, that, that's Big always fan. a possibility when you get into these, you know, these Italian houses and the, you know, the black popes and, and the white brotherhood and all these really high up groups above the Vatican, anything's possible that's nuts man so in your opinion then since you seem to be uh, really knowledgeable about this stuff why do you think that they would uh do these little things that just you know promote the agenda or they just advance the agenda is probably a better word when it's not going to affect them it probably isn't even going to affect their kids of course it will probably end up affecting their bloodline in a positive light but do you think it's as simple as just wanting their bloodline to progress? Or do you think there's any more to it? I, I think they see themselves as superior, right? I see, I think they Absolutely. see their bloodline as superior to ours and their job is, you know, we are worker ants and, and, yep. <laughs> you know, we are here to serve them. That's it. And if we get, if we don't do it as exactly as they want, then they have to show us how to do it and put us in our place. And, uh, you know, and I think that's where we're at right now. I think we're at a, at a point where, you know, and a lot of people are saying this, that they, they're, they got their foot on the gas to the floor right now, you know, for some reason last year, something happened and, and, you know, it went from a slow trickle, trickle, trickle to just the dam broke. And now they're flooding us. And it's coming from every which direction. And so, you you know, on their part, it's kind of brilliant because you're so overwhelmed from so many different directions. You can't just focus on one. You so know? what do you think Trump has to do with this? Because did you get your Trump note, by the way? Yes, I did. Oh, okay, where good. is it? I, I was making I sure that it got to you in the mail safely. Because, dude, I was oh, yeah, a big my, fan. I know you're a fan of Trump. But he's yeah. starting to do things that are disappointing to me. Um, what does it matter what I think though? You know, obviously there's some, there's someone, there's, there's a group that's more important than you and me in these people's eyes. Right. So when, when I'm starting to realize like, dude, did we just get jerked around with this whole Trump thing? But it does seem like they had to put their foot on the gas, as you say, after Trump had those three years where he was coasting. And then in 2020 shit hit the fan 
And that's where it seems like this is when they decided to, like you said, put the foot on the gas, zero to 100, the new world order is kicking in, it's in full swing. So, I mean, what do you think that that means with Trump? Well, a little did I know until I started digging in, you know, back in, in like probably 2018, I found out Trump is a Jesuit. Yep. Yep. He's Georgetown, you know, and his kids are all Georgetown educated, which is the biggest Jesuit school. Oldest. Yeah. In, in DC, obviously. Um, you know, so I, you know, as much as I drank the Kool-Aid early and I was really into it and, you know, and he did a lot of good things, Yeah, yeah. but he also screwed us, man, the way he left us and, you know, the, the way he let the vaccine rollout happen and his opera, his, you know, pride and joy operation warp speed, you know, if it's bad, why did you let it happen? You know, if you knew this many people were going to get hurt by it, why would you still let it go? You know, and, and, and lose the election, not lose the election, you know, didn't even put up a fight for the election when you knew they were going to rig it against you. I think, you know, he might've just, that was his role. You know, I do think this, that when you get to the high end of politics, it is a lot of theater and they're just told what to do. You know, you're going to be in, but if you don't get exactly what we want done, next guy in it seems like that january 6th stuff was that he was trying to make it so that the right-leaning citizens are targeted and they're also um i've said this in several episodes but i really do feel like how he's promoting law and order and he's still got a lot of diehard supporters like people i i talked to a guy the other day every time i see a trump hat i compliment the the dude wearing it just like hey i like your hat man it's usually an old dude you know whatever and um, I compliment this old guy on his hat and he's like, yeah, I would die for it. And I'm like, what? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, and, and I didn't say that. I was just like, oh, great. You know what I mean? But it's like w- these people that that just listen to Trump no matter what, and they still love him. They don't they you ask him, say, what, what's something that you think he did wrong? Oh, maybe they'll say the vaccine. Um, maybe they'll say he did. He wasn't hard enough on big tech, but they still love him. And these people are following the whole idea that law and order is great. But what's happening with law and order, they're pushing out the right-leaning people, and they're going to become radicalized to the left. And when they come knocking on your doors, guess what, patriots? You guys better start listening to law and order. If they tell you to take the vaccine, if he's wearing a badge, listen to him. We're the party that follows law and order. If you're not obeying the laws and you get taken to jail or you uh, you know, are a victim of a no-knock warrant raid type situation, it's law and order. Don't mess with them. You know what I mean? Like, am, are you following me with that? Yep. It well, just yeah, seems it, it was just sit back and well, we got you, right? Trust exactly. the plan. And, yeah. and, and that got us into this, you know, because we, a lot of people believe that he was going that he was going to stand for us, you know, that make America great again, that, you know, great slogan. But at the same time, it was a lot of show and not much force behind it. I mean, there were, he did a lot of things that weren't great, you know, with Israel, yeah. with, you know, a bunch of stuff. But at the same time, he, he allowed people to believe that he was in control and it, he was going to take care of everything. And, and that was a big mistake. You can't trust those people. Yeah, dude. And, and, you know, it does suck to admit that you were wrong for drinking the Kool-Aid. But I mean, I just wish that we could see that more from the hardcore lefties. You know what I mean? It never seems like they want to admit that that they supported uh, a candidate like Joe Biden that is just not doing a damn thing. And he really is running the ground, the country under the ground at warp speed. 
And, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy, man. But let's, let's uh, get into the rest of your stuff, man. I know you got some stuff on Hitler, you said. Yeah, I was going to actually wrap with that one if you want. That's, yeah, a, that's a pretty, uh, a pretty interesting one. So, well, that ties in with your, what we were talking about before with the assassinations. And there's this uh, uh, Jesuit priest called Albert, Alberto Rivera who uh-huh. um, he had a lot of ins back in the early 1900s. So he's one that tipped, gave some good information that told about how the Jesuits were basically in control of the JFK assassination. But he also uh, said that um, basically his job was to infiltrate and destroy the Protestant ministries. And, uh, and, and he was like big into the Vatican, you know, big Vatican supporter, big Vatican guy. And what he claimed is that a gentleman named uh, a Jesuit friar named Stumpfel, S-T-A-E-M-P-F-L-E, actually wrote Mein Kampf. And the purpose of that was to set the stage for Germany's new Catholic chancellor, Adolf Hitler. So Mm -hmm. basically what they did is he wrote it. Um, and then Hitler signed off. Okay. Yep. I wrote this. They put it out as Hitler's then ironically in the night of long knives, Stumpfels killed. Describe what the night of long knives are for, for people that may not know, including myself. I'm familiar with it, but yeah, yeah, that was the German night where they went around and basically killed opposition. It was, it was, uh, around the beer hall putsch days mm-hmm. when Hitler was starting the revolution in Germany. Not, I mean, it wasn't really a revolution. He became vice president and the, the president happened to die and he took over. Um, but the night of long knives, they went out. I think it was the Brown shirts went out and were killing any opposition to the party. And a lot of it was, you know, rich, rich people in Germany, uh, uh, Catholics, anybody religious that would put up any sort of fight to Hitler's rise. And, uh, and and so it's, you know, that's the night that they also burnt the chancery down too in Germany as a false flag. Have you heard of this Frank von Poppen guy? Pappen Poppen? No. So he was supposedly a pretty high up powerful Nazi dude. And he set up a coordination with the Nazi party and the Vatican and Hitler and uh, this Frank von Papen, they both said that the Nazi party is the first like uh, political party to adopt the teachings and the methods of the Vatican and implement it into like a, a huge community. So what does that tell you, dude, if the Nazis are the ones that are following the Vatican to a T, but on a grander scale, that means that the Vatican's doing some dark dark stuff dude you know what i mean like it's fascinating there's no way that we can really know what's going on behind those walls when the cameras aren't on them um but damn dude. And, and isn't it ironic that what playbook are we following right now you know our our leadership is following that german playbook yep almost to a t mm-hmm. you know so you see you know the the censorship you know the the mandatory uh, mandates you know lockdowns things like that and you know and and giving us certain freedoms back, you know, that we never really gave up. They just said they took them away. And it's, it's very interesting how the playbook, and that's the funny thing about these guys, the playbook never changes. No, they're not creative. It's just the players and, and the area that they're trying to take over. Yeah. Like you said, they're simple. 
They've, they're very simple. And that's why, you know, sometimes their plan takes a while because they do fail more often than not. And then they have sure. to regroup yep, yep, yep. and then go back at it again. That's where you give them credit because they are relentless and they will go back <laughs> over and over again. And, and they don't care. They will sacrifice themselves in the short term for the long term gain. And, and in that sense, it's it's admirable. You know, they're they're willing, they're determined, they're going to do anything. Now, on the other side of it, though, you look at them and you almost feel like they are brainwashed. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and Amy says WTF in, in her synergy says they are the ultimate Manchurian candidate. And yeah, she I almost was like, wow, to, she almost seems to feel sorry for them. Exactly. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's an interesting way to look at it, because now they're they're just yes sir they're they have blind faith and they have been brainwashed into this method where now they're on the dark side of things they had a chance to do something good but you know as they've proven over the hundreds of years they've been in existence it's just a dark dark place dude i've heard that with jack dorsey of twitter you know i've heard that with him too that he was actually a very good guy when he started out, set out to do Twitter. He wanted people to communicate. You can believe it or not. Uh, I'm skeptical of that theory. Um, but when you see him on TV testifying in front of Congress or whatever he's doing, you know, how, whoever's grilling him at that time, um, he maybe he's just a great actor, but he looks dead inside. He looks like he... Like if he were to kill himself, I, I wouldn't necessarily jump straight to government hit. You know what I mean? He looks he looks depressed, dude. Oh, well, you would be, too, because when you get that not famous, but you're you're that much of a puppet influence. You, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You are not a person anymore. Right. You mm-hmm. are at their beck and call. You have no ability to think for yourself anymore. You have no ability to express yourself anymore, except for what they want you to say. And that's got to be, you know, I, I don't care how much money you give me. It's not worth it. You know, you're selling your soul, essentially. Right. I mean, not even essentially, literally, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you're selling your soul, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a great point. I, dude, it just sucks, man. How do you think that, like, we both can agree on, you know, they use the same methods over and over and over again? Why do you think more people don't realize it? Is it the Rockefeller school system that doesn't teach history properly or the the important parts of history? Because when I, even that and, like, the churches, dude. I used to go to church and the stuff that they teach you in church is so damn boring. And there's so much interesting stuff about the Bible. There's conspiracy. I mean, the Bible is a giant conspiracy book, but they teach it like they, they teach that Jesus was this coward kind of like a kind of, they, they make it seem like he was a beta, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he, um, if not people, a gamma, <laughs> exactly, dude. There, he, I mean, yeah, dude, he was a, he was a badass man. He would throw, he would spit in people's faces if they were like, you know, trying to, trying to get, uh, you know, the, the people away from, you know, worshiping in their homes. He, he was against churches from what I understand, but they don't make it seem like that. They make it seem like, like Jesus was just like, kind of like Buddha. Like he would just sit there and let people attack all around him. And he would just say like, Oh, they don't know what they're doing. You know, let them do that. Let's just sit here. It's almost like Q. Like Jesus was the original Q, dude, according to the, the main the main theories. Well, and the reason they teach it that way is why? Because if you understand that you don't need them to talk to him or to get his power or his word, then they're useless, right? Because they're just a middleman. The church is just a middleman that siphons a lot out of you. 
you know, when you really look into to religion, you don't need that physical house of worship or that that command structure of the Vatican to to talk to God or Jesus or any of that. That's a direct one-on-one relationship between sure. you and them. And so what they do, much like the government, is make you feel like you need them. You you have to have them in your life to be able to to move forward. Without them, there would be chaos. Your life mm-hmm. would be incomplete. You would not be, you know, you wouldn't have a soul because you have to tell your priest, you know, why, why am I going to confess to this guy who, you know, as soon as he shuts that door, he's bringing a little boy in, you know, behind him. And it's like, you know, (laughs) come on, that's, it's just so twisted. And, and you look back and now it makes sense. Why do they take confession? Because now they have all the gossip and all the stuff from the dirt on the town and they can use it as blackmail and they can use it against people, especially powerful people and powerful people don't mind. They'll pay money to keep their reputation clean yeah and it's almost like the confessions today are just sort of continuing a tradition they probably don't have much of a significance anymore in the church because they have the internet they have the phones they have all this stuff where they they can learn more from that and you better believe that the vatican's getting a lot of that information the vatican received some of the most ppp money when the coat when the uh the covid19 stuff started and they did not change business as usual at all dude they just kept rolling through it and no one can question them nope Nope. So they're the control, man. They are, they are. And that's one of the places if we can ever get into those Vatican archives, that's when you're going to start seeing some of the ancient knowledge that they've just kept hidden from us forever. Damn dude. That's fascinating. So what about the schools? We'll wrap up with this unless you have anything else you want to get into. What Uh, about the the, schools? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they dominate. They decided in, I think it was 1599 or so that they wanted to infiltrate the school systems and but in doing so, it's it's really one. Of, they they did what was called. Let's see. Oh, no. 1820. Luigi Fortis. Uh, he was the black pope and he institutionalized Jesuit at the education plan mm. in Europe, the United States and Canada. So the West, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, as of today, there's 128 colleges and over 1680 academies. 1680 so, academies like worldwide or in the U.S.? Yep. Oh, okay, shit. I was gonna say, wow. I mean, that's a lot, dude. That that is the largest network, from what I understand, of like indoctrination, whether it is school or academies. When you say academies, is it like churches? Well, academies, like uh, you know, like learning academies. Gotcha. It's not necessarily a college, but it's a a, a school system. You know, <laughs> they call them academies over over. I know in Europe, there, there's not like colleges, so to speak. I know they have universities, but they also have academies, oh, and I know okay. they have them here too. Um, but it's higher learning, you know, that's all it is. Wow. And it, it, one of the interesting things about that is they also started the fraternity system, oh. the Greek system. They started the fraternities and sororities. So why, if you ever look, where are the most powerful people? They're always, they always come out of the fraternal system. And one of the interesting things I found is since 1825, all but two presidents and vice presidents have been fraternity members. Who are they, dude? I, d- I did not, I can't find who they are. I'm like, I keep diving in. I'm like, who are the two? And I, I can't find a good answer on it. I've heard um, Jimmy Carter was one because a lot of people um, were related. I, I, like some high school girl, uh, when when um, Bush was president, uh, W. Bush was president, she did a, um, 
like a bloodline testing thing. And Jimmy Carter was the only president that wasn't related to the rest of them. Now, Jimmy Carter was the worst president. Maybe it's because they intentionally made him the least effective. Well, they made Um, him dumb, right? They made him look like a dumb peanut farmer. You know, it's like, come on. His policies were pretty damn bad, too. But who knows if he wasn't kind of getting pushed in the direction to implement these poor policies. Yep. Um, But yeah, dude, man, come on with fire, dude. Well, and then there's one more. How about the Supreme Court? Seven of nine of the Supreme Court justices are five Eta Kappas. I heard eight out of nine, but it may be eight out of nine now. Yeah, because of uh, what's her name that just got in there. Amy. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, Yeah. dude, I was I was saying that Trump should have picked that Cuban woman instead of her. I forget her name. I feel bad for not remembering her name. But I I said right from the beginning. And dude, I was so happy about this because like my dad, I'm always real happy when like I get him to say that I was right about something. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you're right about Amy Coney Barrett. And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like. It, it, she's a snake in the grass, man. What do you think of Vernon Jones before we wrap up? Last little uh, thing here. Vernon Jones, I think, is a snake. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. He's 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 they're all they, they play and act They're They are more actors than they are people. You know, they they have a role to play. They and, and again, as you said, in the Jesuits said, if they talk about it or they stray away, they suddenly disappear. Yep. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of snakes out there right now. Um, you know, Jones is one of them. There's, you know, there, you look at some of these states and you wonder, like, I mean, the people that really drive me crazy are up here, like the Colmos and those people, because they they're just, Jesuits too. Yeah, gener- yeah, exactly. They're generationally, they get away with it over and over again. And that's what you see. Those in power can do things and not have to pay the consequences for them. They always seem to get out. I mean, him, you look at Cuomo right there, 16, they were up to like 16 sexual assault or sexual misconducts against him. And then all of a sudden it disappears. But dude, I was, I was saying that from the beginning that that's nothing's going to happen from that. You know, I was arguing with one of my buddies, Rich, who, you know, when we were planning on doing the uh, rise of the Moors episode, all three together, that was the the third guy that was going to be in on that. He really, um, I'm not saying he's like a Q guy, but a lot of people still tend to really want Trump in because they think he's good. And I'm not saying Rich is wrong. I'm not saying anyone thinking that is wrong because, dude, at the end of the day, we don't know. Who knows, dude? I always say this. Maybe you and I are wrong about all this stuff, Matt. You know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah, it's just it, it really disgusts me when people know without a doubt that they're right about things and they will like insult you over it they'll um just you know like like they have this crystal ball you know what i mean and it's it's just insane to me but um dude you brought some interesting interesting information when are you going to start your podcast i got to talk to you about that i got to get i got to get one going man you do because you you seem to be able to come up with some really interesting information on short notice you would thrive in this community, dude. Um, so yeah, let me know. I'd be very, very interested. Tell the listeners here where they can find you if you choose to have them find you. Yeah, right now I'm just on Instagram, uh, mat.t4499. Uh, and hopefully soon I'll be starting a podcast. Got it. You ought to start a Getter account too. That's that new little uh, Patriot platform. I don't know if you heard of that. Did you, That's infiltrated already. You didn't see that? Is it really? Oh yeah, right away. It's Shit. got ties to Hillary. Stay away from it. Oh, I already set up an account, but I'll get off. Oh, 
I'm yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. No, I stay away from all of them. And and the whole thing about Trump being on there supposedly was BS too. So I don't know what to believe these days. I'm going to stick on these basic ones until there is a really good one. Cause I, I, I skipped the whole gab phase. I couldn't, I, I didn't buy into that. It's clunky. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the problem, dude. Like um, with these, with the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, we have gotten so used to how they work. And even when they do updates and everything's changed around, it's something I think deep in our subconscious at this point where we like these platforms. We're comfortable with that little camera icon that Instagram has. We're comfortable with the Facebook F. I don't have a Facebook personally, but uh, comfortable with the Twitter T, all that stuff, dude. It's, it's, dude, we're, we need, we have some work cut out for us to say. Well, did least. you see Twitter is like 80% bots, if not more? No, but I would believe that. Yeah, I was reading an article the other day, and they're saying that Twitter is is more than 80% bots. So, mm. you know, you look at your interactions, and most of them are, you know, Johnny Two Toes, 444669, you know, and then you go to his profile, and it's nothing. And it's like, you know, most of these people are just bots out there, especially now to stir it up, to get, you know, certain people kicked off that, you know, have a little bit of judgment still left. Damn damn dude okay well shit repeat your instagram one more time since we're on here still and uh and then yeah dude i really really appreciate you hopping on and uh just kind of breaking this stuff down before we get into some more stuff with mark but uh yeah man one more time instagram oh thanks for having me ryan i appreciate it of man. Course, it's dude. uh instagram i'm mat.t4499 awesome man thank you so much dude awesome awesome information hey my pleasure man thank you all right take care buddy All right, guys, Mark, Tara, going to talk about some Jesuits this evening. I'm pretty stoked about it. It's going to be a fun conversation. Mark, you're a very intelligent guy. Tara, this is my first time talking with you. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what we get into, man. Um, first of all, how are you guys doing? We are doing fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. Tara <laughs> just made us some fucking great homemade pizza, so. Oh shit! I'm I'm ready. I'm fueled up. I'm energized. You know, I made the dough. She put the rest of it together. So I'm pretty nice, I'm pretty dude. Stoked. Thank you, Tara. I'm, you guys I'm got the up. you guys got the yeast and all that, baby. <laughs> yeah, we oh we did it all ourselves. Farm farm fresh ingredients, bro. So we're ready yeah. to go. Yeah, dude. I feel like the third wheel on here, but I think it's going to be a great conversation. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with the Jesuits, man. So we were kind of talking a little bit about. The Great White Brotherhood, um, the Black Nobility, obviously, um, a lot of organizations tie into the Club of Rome, uh, possibly even like the World Economic Forum, all kinds of these. Of course. And like, yeah, because when you're talking about the Freemasons and the Jesuits, you're not really supposed to be both at the same time, from what I've heard. Um, But we see this over and over again, but essentially a lot of um, members of various secret societies can be part of the Jesuits as well. So I want to hear what you got on the history of the Jesuits, how it was started, why it was started, um, you know, the who, what, when, where, why kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the Wikipedia version of the story might be interesting, but I think we should go straight to the Royal Masonic Cyclopedia back before they called them encyclopedias. This is uh this is from page 362 of the Royal Masonic Cyclopedia. The company of or the order of the Jesuits 
this celebrated order was founded by a certain Ignio Inigo de Loyola. That's Latin, but I've heard his name as Ignatius Loyola, right? He was born in 1493 and uh, most notably wounded in battle by a cannonball. And that was what led him to read the commentary on Jesus Christ and the Gospels, a sort of collection of essays by various different Christian scholars and thinkers. That inspired him to kind of do this, like what I would call like a revitalization of the Templars, right? Where you have all these people hopped up on Christianity, going around the world, conquering places and spreading the good word or, you know, the bad word, depending on which side of the sword you stood on. Uh, But to go a little deeper into who this man Ignatius Loyola is and Tara actually pointed out to me before we got started that he's a saint, Saint Ignatius. You know, there's probably churches named after him. Uh, But his life up until the time of the siege of Pampaluna had been like that of most men of his time, dissolute and frivolous. He was born into like noble, a noble family, but uh, no one has ever dared to question his courage. Hmm, Interesting. They speak kind of highly of him from the Masonic perspective. Um, of course. And no one has ever or has ever dared to question his courage in the presence of the enemy or his punctilious ideas in reference to the code of honor, which Spaniards are so jealous. This is also written in 1877, folks. So a little jab okay. at the Spaniards there. But he was born in a time when, you know, things were kind of okay, dark ages, a lot of stuff was going on. Uh, but like I said, wounded in battle, started reading these Christian theological discussionary sort of commentary books, just opinions and perspectives, and that fired him up. And he Thus probably had some hallucinations and things like that because there was no anesthesia, Right. And when he's going through surgery, he's probably like, like literally seeing his life before his eyes, man. So that is kind of interesting. And I believe it's, it's Loyola, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Loyola. Yeah. Sometimes the, the East Coast accent. I Layala. You, you throw it around. Loyola? Like a, Loyola. Loyola. No, yeah. No, I'm just fucking. No, I mean, it's just kind of funny to me, dude. Cause like I am the one that always pronounces shit wrong. And so like when, whenever I hear someone pronounce something different, I'm always like, shit, am I wrong here? But no, dude, you're right. So, like, you know, it was started with that, and then Pope Clement um, the Fourteenth, I believe, uh, tried to get them out of a lot of areas because they've infiltrated almost every freaking like you know Catholic country or Christian country throughout the world, and it's pretty interesting, dude, when you really kind of like break it down. But I heard uh, on a, I don't know if it was on a podcast or radio show, it was fascinating. This idea of the best weapons in the world are not like murderous weapons. They're more like demoralizing weapons, right? So in Vietnam, they realized that the Vietnamese were having such high success because the the U.S. military was using high caliber. They were trying to like kill as many as they could, right? If you use a high caliber weapon, you take one guy off the battlefield. You kill one guy at a time, right? If you use a low caliber weapon, you injure one and his friends come and help and drag him off the battlefield. So you're, you're demoralizing people, you're beating them down. And this is kind of what these secret societies do. They infiltrate 
And the Jesuits are particularly good at that because they infiltrate at all levels, schools, uh, obviously a lot of levels of government acting uh freaking um who's that dude the voice of god basically morgan freeman that dude is a jesuit right so i mean you've got a lot of different levels of these people that have gone to jesuit schools and um have have some ties to the jesuits in general um what do you know about the club of rome dude because i know that their goal is to weaken and demoralize this nation in particular the united states uh, I mean, let's analyze the name Club of Rome. I, you know, a lot of people think the Roman Empire fell. It's really the Roman Empire in its civilian life fell to pieces. But the snake's head, uh, you know, slithered off and created a new body. You know, look yeah. at the great British Empire and the American Empire. What are the symbols that we're using? We're using red and white. We're using the eagle you know, this is not a coincidence. This is all hearkening back to Rome and, and a lot of the laws and the codes and the military practices that we use to this day come from that era. So yeah, the Club of Rome, I would, I mean, I've heard them considered like a think tank for the elite, mm-hmm. this sort of propaganda and they control mining metal and money. And then they control the military, the guns and the drugs. And then below that is like media. And then below that is education and religion. But you can also kind of consider media, education and religion the same. Media is kind of like the birth, you know, the child of all that, right? That's Yeah, dude, that's interesting that you bring up the 3Ms because there's that company 3M too you know what i mean like Mm. major major company that makes all kinds of materials and all kinds of products for a lot of like a lot of basic shit think about it the the elite families that's where their concerns are mining metals and money right they control the flow of money they control the the flow of precious uh metals and gems yeah exactly i like that whole gods thing that sam sam says sam tripoli says where it's like drugs and sex traffic exactly yeah dude that's very interesting and it makes a lot of sense it's got a nice little ring to it but yeah so like the the club of rome that's their whole goal is to demoralize this nation and it does seem like they're doing that very well with these like zero growth policies that are in like in effect right now um we're not going to see much growth of the united states um, and it's it's very interesting. If you check out the stock market, it seems to be doing just fine um, with all this money printing. It's weakening the uh, the dollar as a whole. And I'm going to get into that a little bit, too, with the whole like symbolism on the dollar, because Adam Weishaupt was supposedly a Jesuit priest as well. I don't know if you've heard that, but that was fascinating to me. And then when you get into like the whole idea that possibly the person on the $1 bill is in fact, Adam Weishaupt. It's not George Washington's like actual, you know, drawing. That's kind of a fascinating idea. So, um, but yeah, dude. Um, so between like we were saying, like, you know, kicked out of all kinds of different countries between nine, uh, 1555 and 1931, they've been expelled from at least 83 countries that we can like confirm. Right. Um, mostly for like subverting, infiltrating, uh inciting some type of riot or insurrection what does that make you think of dude they keep throwing that insurrection word around right they keep using that with what happened on january 6th and it seems like possible at the very least that this whole thing with one six could have something to do with some jesuit agenda i don't know what your thoughts are on that it's very interesting yeah i mean my thought 
on the whole insurrection word, it's, it's very reminiscent of the word resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Society of Jesus here, folks, right? Yep. That's, yeah, the, yep. that's the proper name of the Jesuits. So, yeah, I can't speak on uh, anything tangible there to draw a connection, but just the, the language itself is enough sometimes. And we know that Latin is the basis, right, of the Romantic languages. Latin is spoken really only by people in the Vatican nowadays, or at least in these academic organizations, churches, and whatnot, there's something to that. You know, I really think that they're using uh, some sort of esoteric code, whether that's just for the sake of being uh, safe from prying eyes, like, like what a code is intended on, or maybe there's some occult significance to the words themselves. I mean, we have these like ancient words of God and things that are kind of passed around. That's what comes to mind. when I think of these secret societies that are like religious also, so it's more than just controlling the politics and the military. They're literally trying to create the spell. They're creating a spell, but they know that the spell won't work unless everybody participates in their ritual. So what do they do? They go around the world and they, Uh, proselytize people they start these missions right and they send out their missionaries and what do they do they go and they burn and rape and destroy villages if they don't come along uh, in that vein of obedience right Mm -hmm. which is the vow that they take poverty chastity and obedience is that that's correct right so 100 they take a second vow of obedience after they rise to the ranks as well and that that second vow of obedience is to essentially like help aid in the new world order they don't call it that but it's it's uniting everyone under jesus that sounds like a one world order to me yeah no and you know for the christian listeners out there it's like yeah i definitely have a lot of good things to say about christianity i think christ's consciousness is an important concept in my spiritual worldview but that doesn't mean that everybody needs to understand that i think we uh, as spiritual people need to understand everyone's on their own path, you know? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's going out of their way to force something on somebody else, it's not a, you know, what's the excuse that people use? Like, uh, you know, it's the ends justify the means. Sure. It's not that case because if we're all spiritual beings then we all have our own time to understand these concepts. So it's like, Think about that, how needy they are. They, they have no faith in their own religion, so they have to force it on people. That's what it feels like to me. Sure, and, and I think that that's what every religion is. I'd be interested to hear Tara's thoughts on religion too. But yeah, um, it, it's fascinating when you really think about like, you know, this rise of the Moors thing that, that happened on July 3rd. You know, I did, I did a little bit on my previous episode about that. And they believe the exact same thing that the Christians do. It's just opposite. You know what I mean? Um, And it's fascinating when you get into the idea that the Zionists want the uh, Islamic people and the Christians to fight each other to the death. And Albert Pike even predicted each one of these world wars, including World War Three, saying that the Islamic State and the Christians are going to fight each other to the death. And that's going to leave the Zionists. It seems like they're taking their powers or like their orders from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like it, it, if yeah. they're if they don't care if this shit gets done in their lifetime, 
there has to be a larger agenda at play, in my opinion. And, you know, history would prove this, but they seem to really know that they are continuously going to be found out in these organizations, right? And so they kind of tweak their methods a little bit. They make sure that if they get caught doing this one way, they're going to tweak it a little bit and try and work it again. Again, not caring if it gets done the first or the, the millionth time. It doesn't matter to them how they really go about doing it, just as long as they get it done. Um, and so, you know, when you think about the fact, too, that we have the second Catholic priest in office right now, Joe Biden, supposedly, if you want to call him your president, it's up to you. But you got the the first was who? It was John F. Kennedy. And he turned his back on the Jesuits. And what happened to him? You know what I mean? So it's all up to if Joe Biden wants to follow their orders, which he is. I mean, we can tell, you know, he's been seen in press conferences being like, okay, I got a list of people I'm going to call on here. And he like, he's saying the quiet parts out loud because he's so senile. You know what I mean? And, and if we could take it back to JFK, I mean, yeah, yeah. You really consider the events there in Dallas that day when he was assassinated. I mean, you look at all the evidence, seems pretty obvious to me that if the mafia wasn't behind it, they were at least involved. Uh, we know that the mafia goes all the way back to the Vatican. Yep. Yep. We know that, you know, these cartels uh, all over the world, they have connections to Spain, Spain, Italy, France. These are the royal bloodlines, obviously Great Britain as well. And I think there's no coincidence there. And right, you know, what was it, a couple months before JFK was assassinated? He had this speech where he talked about the monolithic society. Yeah. What does that mean? Monolithic, right? This is something that's been around way before the United States of America, right? Sure. Jesuits fit that to some degree. And if you look at their lineage, they're, you know, just another offshoot of this same group of bloodline-esque ruling class people who get behind these empires, you know, the imperial class. Dude, you know, too, it's crazy that you bring that stuff up and like you're you're throwing it back to JFK like that, too. Um, I've got a little bit more on JFK and 1963, the, the same year he was assassinated. But it's kind of interesting that three years before the United States was even founded, that Pope Clement XIV that I was telling you about, he got rid of the Jesuits out of all, you know, out of the Vatican, you know, got rid of them. You know, they're they're not allowed to be involved anymore. And... Three years later, obviously, the United States declares their independence. But nine months later, after this Clement dude gets rid of these Jesuits, he's dead. You know what I mean? So anyone that really goes against these guys is dead. I think that they suspected it was poisoning. Um, And so, yeah, it's just fascinating. Anyone that is high up that goes against the Jesuits, there's one thing that's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's not going to be a bribery thing. It's not going to be anything short of death, dude. Um, So I I just find that interesting. I do kind of find it a little weird that Trump was able to um, continue doing what he wanted to try and do. He didn't get a whole lot done. Um, But he's, he even references a, a few times that like, you know, People aren't happy with me, blah, blah, blah. I need to like kind of not not be giving speeches so much and, and all this shit. And he is a Jesuit as well. That's why I bring him up. Him, the Biden family. Um, shit, Hunter Biden did some uh, volunteer work with the Jesuits. Um, all the Trumps are the Cuomo brothers are Jesuits. Um, 
a, a ton of different people are Jesuits high up in the government. And uh, we can get more into them in a little bit. But dude, it's just, it's insane to me that this organization is just so deeply tied in. And it's almost like there's no boundary to to where it really begins and ends. Right. Now, so. going back to, to Pope Clement, you said that he um what let's get the dates right there because the fourteenth definitely important the fourteenth Pope Clement the fourteenth Jesus how many Clements were there seventeen seventy three okay seventeen seventy three perfect all right yeah so you're then, always doubting me on dates dude I got no, the dates no, I, I double I, and I triple checked you. I thought I thought you meant fourteenth <laughs> century pal no 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 I typed in uh, I almost typed in Poop Clement but I typed in Pope Clement and <laughs> same was, shit I got Pope Clement the seventh. Look at that. They're trying to throw us off, dude. They know what's going on. Hey, we're, we're, yeah, we're using the Chinese app to do this shit. You know, they're hearing us. So, I mean, it's, uh, we're not, we're not safe here, dude. But, um, but yeah, man. 14th, right before the United States became a thing, he was like, all right, Jesuits, you're out of here. And they're like, okay, we'll leave. They, I mean, this book I have right on my foot describes how, in the 1800s and the 1700s the jesuits were building all these universities all around the united states you know now you have i mean dozens and dozens of jesuit schools all over the united states so it doesn't surprise me that folks like the biden family would get wrapped up in this because that's how these things function you know they use schools to funnel the right people into the right places yeah, dude, I've got at least, uh, I'm not going to list them all off here, but there's about, uh, it, it looks like 30 Jesuit universities. One's even called the Jesuit University, yeah, um, oh, not Wheeling Jesuit them. University. So yeah, and Georgetown is the oldest Jesuit university in the United States. So I mean, you get a lot of high profile people coming out of out of Georgetown. It's similar to, to Skull and Bones. And it's kind of interesting too, when you think back to the 2000 election, you had who? You had Bush and you had Gore running, or no, I'm sorry. Um, what was it? The 2004 election where it was Bush and Kerry, right? Mm-hmm. So those two both went to Skull and Bones. They both went to Yale. They're part of that fraternal brotherhood. So no matter who won that, you're going to get a Skull and Bones uh, fraternal brother in that White House. Same shit in, in 2020, you're going to get a Jesuit in the White House with either Trump or Biden. Um, fraudulently, in my opinion, it was Biden. Um, but either way, you're, you're essentially getting the same kind of shit. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, and they use all these different groups, you know. It might be the Jesuits this election cycle. It might be, you know, the Skull and Bones the next one because that's you know how it functions they don't need just one group if they were just one group like the illuminati like we if we were to take all that instagram shit and believe it we might be led to think that there truly is an illuminati but personally i think illuminati just is a functional term to describe this class of people who function in these groups right it's not just the jesuits it's the whole web that these you know, right people, right time, right place are able to navigate and make things happen for their agenda. Um, well, dude, what do you think about this idea? Because I was like, while I was doing my research, I kind of thought about this. Since they've been thrown out of 83 countries, I think it was, since the 1550s, um, because they were getting thrown out because of their laws and because of their systems that are in place. You know, America is one of the youngest countries 
and it was probably founded by someone that we idolize that we probably shouldn't George Washington. Right. Um, do you think it's possible that this, that this whole country was just founded to try to progress the Jesuit order? Like we're distracted so much with Freemasons. You don't hear about Jesuits that often. Once you kind of get a little deeper past the Freemasons, you will hear about the Jesuits. Um, the, the, the great white brotherhood is even farther down that. So it's kind of like, as you're going up that pyramid, obviously there's less and less information about these people. And I just, I, that to me, really that theory, which I came up with really seems to kind of resonate. You know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense that they would create this land where you got freedom of speech, you got freedom of religion, you got the second amendment. Um, It makes it very, very kind of like they can infiltrate all these institutions in order to, to, you know, promote their, their agenda. Right. Well, I think going back to this like web analogy that I kind of laid out there, it's like if we were to imagine that the Freemason, their brotherhood group laid out this sort of networking web, just like you can go on LinkedIn right now and network with people, get to know people. Right. That's what these secret societies function as. And they're just like vessels. So the groups can come in, infiltrate, like we described in the beginning of this conversation, the Jesuits literally as a military order of the Vatican train themselves to infiltrate, right? That's a part of what they do. So I wouldn't put it past uh, them to have infiltrated the United States when they got kicked out by Pope Clement and then just kind of used what was already here available because that's the easiest way to do it. So it, maybe that was with the you know invitation of someone like George Washington because he's you know a networker too and he's like oh yeah these boys are pretty intelligent let's get their you know yeah. combined forces. I I don't know for sure, but I would say that's how it functions, you know. And I think that these folks who want to control the world, they come in all different shapes and sizes, but there is a pattern to where they're coming from. And it's Europe, you know, it really is. It's this like Italian empire, the Vatican, and it's possibly even, you know, that has become what the United Kingdom is, right? Because they have their roots in Rome too. York is a Roman, uh, output outpost right that's how that term came to be and now we live not too far from new york you know it's not a coincidence these names they have a significance so yeah i definitely think you're on to something with the theory but if i can throw in you know a little bit of like connection there right so this is from I do have to say real quick, Mark, you missed a perfect opportunity to plug Alt Media United as a network. You used LinkedIn for some reason. You could have done Alt Media United is like this network where people get together. I'm not trying to to connect (laughs) Alt Media United to secret societies and the Jesuits. Hey, dude, that's great marketing. Mark the marketer. Let me handle that. That's great marketing. But yeah, I got you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, maybe I should have done. (laughs) Leo Zagami is a really interesting guy. Have you heard of Leo Zagami before, Ryan? I've heard the name, dude, but I really have no idea. So enlighten me, please. So he's got this book. We're not going to totally go too far into this book, but according to him, you know, he was a part of uh, the Illuminati. You know, that's like I said, a catch all term. Mm -hmm. The more proper group that he was a part of is the, uh, I think like a Masonic group in Italy 
the OAS. Um, okay. So he writes about the Jesuits and talks about how in 2003, St. Joseph's University, a Jesuit university in Philadelphia, they use a course about James Bond and the connection JB uh, to Yakim and Boaz, right? The Freemasonic symbols. Uh, and then it goes even further to say that uh, this is all hinting at the Jesuits. So he says, free, the your lodges of Freemasonry that control the intelligence community of the new world order in a transnational way, regardless of the borders or the nationalities involved in these various operations, without the con- or with the constant support of the company of Jesus, right? So, you know, According to Leo Zagami, there's a connection between the Jesuits, the CIA, and all these other intelligence groups, you know, mm-hmm. and we look at the timeline and when did all of these groups come to power? World post War II. World War II, right? Yeah. Post, yeah, World War II, post-World War II, all these different intelligence agencies started uh, getting their roots in the United States government. JFK says something about it and what happens? You know, I mean, yeah. that's one indicator right there for me well dude not only him and yeah you're absolutely right mi5 mi6 Mossad, um you know a lot of these other intelligence agencies are uh jesuit connected and uh yeah the cia was the oss before world war ii and it was i'm sure jesuit connected as well but not only jfk was speaking out against these guys too it was lincoln was was speaking out he was saying that he is more concerned about the pope and it's it's a uh, bloodthirsty slaves is like is something right along his words. And then he gets capped by uh, freaking not Lee Harvey Oswald. Who's the other guy? Who's the guy that oh, shot John him? Wilkes Booth. Yeah. It, it, three names, dude. You know what I mean? They all got the same shit. So. So, yeah. And he was an actor, you know, probably uh, uh, I've heard that he was a Jesuit. I can't really confirm any of that kind of stuff, but it does make sense that the Jesuits would pay a Jesuit off because a guy is talking about the Jesuits, you know what I mean? Like that's a fucking riddle right there. So, I mean, it's just, it's fascinating dude. when you get all this stuff going and you, there's a clear pattern of people going against them. It's speaking outside of uh, United States leaders. I think Kings Henry, the third and fourth of France were killed by Jesuits and SARS Alexander, the first and second of Russia were also killed by Jesuits. So um, it, it happens over and over again, dude. Um, and yeah, man, democracy supposedly can't work according to like Adam Weishaupt even. Maybe we can get into some of the uh, uh, information here in the Masonic Cyclopedia. Would you like to talk about the degrees of the Jesuit order, the different degrees that they go through? Fuck yeah. So we have the first order, the novices. The second order is the lay brothers or temporal co-agitators. Okay. Interesting term. Three, the third order is the scholastics. Okay. Interesting. Then we have the spiritual co-agitors. Agitors? Agitors. I'll spell that for people. C-O-A-D-G-A-D-J-U-T-O-R-S. Uh, then the fifth order is the professed mm. of three vows, right? So those are the people that take the three vows. And then the sixth order is the professed of five vows. So maybe there's a fifth vow that we didn't. Oh, uh, shit. 
hell about. So you're seeing a fifth vow? Seems so. And maybe they'll even get into the vows here. So the huh. novitiate is generally fixed at two or three years, after which the trial begins. These are of five kinds. A strict seclusion of 30 days, service in hospitals, three, a pilgrimage on foot, four, the performance of the most menial offices in the Jesuits' houses, five, instruction in the doctrines of Christianity, and when the members are already priests, confession, and preaching, during the time these trials endure, the novice is followed and carefully kept in view. The superior is informed of every minute act of the novice's life, his gestures, looks, his least words, are jealously reported, and hence, on the termination of these trials, his superiors know precisely what sort of man he is and to what purpose his abilities can be applied in the furtherance of the objectives of the society. Wow. Mm. So look at that. A very high degree of scrutiny to become, you know, it sounds to me like uh, these special forces groups, right? You go into the special forces and they basically treat you like dog shit, you know, and then you, they make you, you know, feel good about that. They, they basically break your psyche and that's not to dis, uh, you know, talk bad about the men and women out there who have served our country. But I definitely think there's a psychological warfare, psychological manipulation that goes on. And it's it doesn't clear. come from... Yeah, Yeah, it does sound like a frat house type vibe too. Yeah, humiliation, uh, one way of thinking, they remove your identity by like, you know, shaving your head, shaving your beard, all that kind of shit. Um, And it is, I don't think it's, uh, you know, insulting at all to the the armed forces to say, essentially, like, you know, they, they kind of want them thinking one way, right? You can't have a bunch of independent thinkers in the Marines, you know what I mean? If they're like, go, go and get the bad guys. And they're like, but why? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? They don't want that at all. Obedience, so. right? The vow of obedience, right? And I think yeah. they have to like really break it people to get them to be truly as obedient as they want them to be to do such, you know, unhuman acts. Well, it's a form of mind control in a way. It's a very, very, it's a passive, well, passive probably isn't the best term because it's warfare, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a less insidious, more obvious way of mind control and like that that tavistock institute i'm sure you've like looked into them a little bit they founded back in 1921 they were founded just to figure out different methods of mind control and i found it interesting enough too that there was a there's a tavistock financial uh entity out in britain it was founded by uh what's this guy's fucking name joe lewis and it was in 75 that it was founded and if you go to their website, they've got the bull on there, which I know that represents the bull market. That's a whole different story. Um, but this is like Mithraic worship and like all kinds of weird symbolism that you get in there when you're talking about like the bull run and uh, Tavistock Financial being tied to Tavistock Institute, um, which again, all just mind control, dude. It, it's a it's a message that we don't even know necessarily that we're getting pushed. And even for people... I think I don't want to say like us, but people that are like digging into this kind of shit, there's messages that are being put on us that we have no idea too. You know what I mean? It's not like we know all the propaganda that's being put on us. Um, and I, I, I don't know, dude, it's just a weird system that makes it to where these two sides are fighting. 
and they don't even really know why they're fighting. Of course, in the United States, I'm talking to Republicans, Democrats, um, even me, I'm very guilty of doing that, right? I'm not, I don't consider myself either, but I tend to side with the right. And it be just because the left, the left politicians and the right politicians are all scumbags, but the lefty people out there, the ones with the blue hair and the fucking, you know, there's 7,000 genders and uh you know we want to did you see the the gay dildo butt monkey there's this literal cartoon i don't know if have you heard of this no i mean this is you're 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 expressing to me all of the reasons all the confirmation i need to stay unplugged (laughs) dude that's the prop so there is a fucking cartoon character now with a fake ass and a dildo and rainbows right yes yeah so there's kids watching that and i know that you aren't plugged into that mark but a lot of kids are because their parents are too busy. These irresponsible people have kids and they don't, you know, have the the patience to deal with them. And I'm not saying everyone that has kids is, is irresponsible, obviously. But, you know, these people are going in and they're and they're, you know, having kids maybe to get welfare, maybe not. Right. And they're just unplugging themselves, but they're plugging their kids in to this shit at younger and younger ages. And like when Hillary Clinton says, you know, the, the village is going to raise your kids. This is what happens when the village raise your kids. The village is now the computer and the TV and the cell phone and the tablet. Oh, and if you think about our overall topic of discussion here, the Jesuits, these are people who have culture created us into this position yes. where, you know, we're working nine to five jobs and everything is so hectic. I don't even have time to raise my own kids. So yeah. people are going to go and raise them for me. And yeah, that's what happens. People are, are nannied by the state and they're parented by the state. And that's what happens. You know, the, the, the soup that we're in now, but I'm glass half full, Ryan. I don't think oh, me too. it's bad. I think really the, the, you know, the whole political divide, once you understand that it is orchestrated, it's a lot easier to see like, oh, okay, most people don't really get that invested. Like when we see the news and it's a huge protest, like that's like the nut job from everybody's town that they all took the same bus to one place. You know, that doesn't represent America. That just represents the people who are getting that riled up about a particular cause. And I think it's very easy when you understand how these people uh, like the Jesuits manipulate people on a psychological level that they can just stoke the fires and get these big crowds of people to go to places and get, you know, put on a big fuss, but are, is there any order there? Did they get anything done? I mean, I remember when I was a community college student, the Occupy Wall Street thing was going on. Yeah. Did that accomplish anything? No, the Wall no. Street's still going on, you know? And I remember hearing from people, oh yeah, everybody argues, you know? And all it was, was, you know, people who could be the loudest, you know? So I don't personally think that the political, you know, schemes are ever going to work out. I really don't. Yeah. I don't think left, right. I don't think it was ever meant to be that way. It's just the theater that the, is put on so that the real players that get funneled through the Jesuits to get into the position of president or vice president or whatever, so they can say, oh, don't worry, folks. We see what the problem is and we have the solution. But meanwhile, they orchestrated the problem. 
and they had A, B, and C solutions ready to go. Yeah. And they're just waiting to see where people seem to be most amicable to, you know, option A, which is slop, or option B, which is slop with sugar on top. Yeah. That's it, you know? It's, and, a, it's and, the uh, douche and a turd sandwich from South yeah. Park, dude. That's the and, whole idea. And and they're, they're making tons of 100% profit because it's slop, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the idea. It, it, they're not you know, putting anything valuable into the the world, but they're taking all the value. They're parasites, you know, and I well, think and when it's... people start to recognize that, they'll realize that on a community level, it's a lot easier to recognize the parasites and kick their ass and get them out of your town and make your town a better place. Yeah, well, it's divisive. Doing that, it's, it has a, a, a wave-like effect, you know, particle. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, yeah, there's riots going on around the world right now. In Cuba, they're they're protesting communism. Um, they're protesting in uh, in South Africa, violent protests, like guns, and like people are dying, um, big time in in those areas. So it's it's very interesting. Will something come of it? Who knows? Um, there's a lot of people call that like loose stealing, right? That's a term that that gets thrown around with with this kind of shit, like with the negative news, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I've heard that used a lot. I don't like the word loose. I don't either. Weird to me. That's why I was I asking. Yeah. Say, I like the concept. I understand the concept, but I like the word lack. Like when people have this lack perspective, you know, Sam has been on this kick lately about, uh, and it's not just a kick. I think it's a, it's a realization, right? Abundance, scarcity, how they leverage the scarcity of life against us. Like that's the fear vibration. That's the news. The perspective is that you are a fragile being. And if you don't keep up to date with what's going on, you're going to get squatted and splat, squished like a bug, you know, but that's not the case. You're a human being. If you unplug from that, you realize life is a lot, you know, simpler and you can start to make the necessary changes without worrying about what's going on. Cause you know, when you said people are dying uh, in Cuba, there's big riots. Like, yeah, my heart goes out to anybody who lost their life. But at the same time, do you, were you in Cuba, Ryan? Do you know? Cause I don't. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like when we see these videos, who knows? I mean, you could get a perspective from a video camera that makes it look like hell's going on. Meanwhile, it's a movie set. Sure. Well, you know, I don't where it's one focused in on instance where one thing happened that got, you know, exaggerated. Yeah. Well, I don't know anyone in Cuba. I do know that that director in South Africa and he was saying like, yeah, people are fucking stupid. You know what I mean? So he's got that idea where it's like, yeah, man, this is dumb. It'll pass. Um, But it's for the meantime, it's dangerous for the innocent people. Um, I tend to believe that, that the Cuba shit's real. I'm very skeptical of news always. Right. Um, but you know, just the way that, that they've been treated there in Cuba for the last, like, since the cold war, they should have fucking done this a long time ago, dude. You know what I mean? So the other thing, it's like, we know, we have an idea of what their country's like from an American perspective, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. If their country's been shut down from us for that long, how do we know what's really going on there? We don't, I mean, I personally think that you know, the world is, and this could, to some people, people are probably like, fuck this guy. He's got his head in his, in the sand or his no, not at all. Ass, you know, no, it's fine. I, I know you don't think that, but there might be people listening and think like, oh, he's got his head up his ass, but it's like, no, have you guys ever heard of the observer effect? Right. Yeah. So what that effect. means 
is when we talk about the loose feeling thing, we go back to that, right? And circle back and why is Mark got his head up his ass? Well, it's because when you have your head up your ass and you're actually observing what it is that you want, you start to have a positive effect on the universe because the universe actually responds in a responsive way to the observer, you know? So if we're always observing negative war, uh, you know, these violent images, that puts more money in these companies' uh, pockets who are creating the bullets and creating the metal. It goes right Military back to- Military industrial complex. Mining yeah. metal money, right? So if, if those are the people orchestrating these occult rituals in this way, uh, saying, hey, look over here, look over here, like a magic show. Meanwhile, you don't see what's going on behind the magician. You don't see that there's like a rabbit up his ass that he's pulling out and putting, you know, wherever then you don't know the truth, right? Yeah. So that's my point is like, get out of that matrix of what the videos on the TV are telling you is going on in the world because you're actually creating what you don't want by witnessing it in that sure, way. Yeah. You know? Manifesting it in your own head. Yeah, if you see me swatting around, there's a fucking fly that is not leaving me alone in my house right now and it's pissing me off. Um, oh, grateful. I, I know. I want to get back to to the uh, the Jesuits here, but the, another reason that I do believe what's going on in Cuba is that uh, the mainstream media tried to spin that uh, they were rioting because of, they needed COVID vaccines, and you can hear them saying "comida," which means food. Like they want food, they don't want fucking vaccines. But they're trying to spin it into like, oh, these people are they they need vaccines, but it, no, it's the communism fucking government there is not giving you guys enough to eat. That's why I I tend to believe it. Um, But yeah, back to the Jesuits. Let's get back into these guys, because we've all heard of that Holy Trinity idea, right? In, in Christianity, you got the the son, the the father, the son, the Holy spirit in Luciferian or like satanic uh, Holy Trinity. There's this physical Trinity here and it's three men. Okay. Only one's alive today. You've got Adolfo Nicholas, who some people thought was the black Pope. I don't think so at all. Uh, Peter Hans Kovenbach. Uh, this guy died back in 2016 and I'll get to when Adolfo died and why that's kind of significant. Um, and then Pope Francis. And so he would be the white Pope. This Kolvenbach dude would be the gray Pope. I don't tend to think that though, that they were the grand black popes at all. Obviously Pope Francis is the Pope. Um, but I think he's kind of like this, you know, triple, tri- like he's like, he's like all three in one at this point now, in my opinion, but Adolfo Nicholas, this guy died in 2020, right? And he died in Loyola, in the Loyola house, just like that dude's last name, right? And it's, or he didn't die in Loyola, but he spent his sick years in Loyola. And um, it's very interesting that he did a lot of his work in Japan. And Japan, I think in the mid 1600s, I want to say, they killed a bunch of Jesuits in Japan. So with this guy being so high up in the Jesuit order and doing a lot of work in Japan, you know, he, he's risen to the highest of highs when it comes to the Jesuits. This guy was sitting there, in my opinion, trying to infiltrate Japan's government on all levels and making sure that that could happen on behalf of the Jesuits to get back on their hundreds of brothers and sisters that were killed, you know, back fucking years and years ago, centuries ago. That's fascinating to me. Even the fact, too, that he spent his sick years in the Loyola house. That's the last name of the dude that founded the Jesuit society, right? So 
that kind of stuff, when it lines up, that's not something to just gloss over. So I'd be very interested to see what happens with Japan um, and, and like, you know, how they're going to play a part in this whole COVID thing. Because there's something with COVID and this whole New World Order idea, like more so than we think. It's kind of obvious, but there's a lot more to it as far as like the World Economic Forum. Klaus, Klaus Schwab has been talking about this shit nonstop. And he's written for how old he is. He's written like seven books. That dude's not writing shit, man. Just like Hitler. Hitler Hitler didn't write Mein Kampf. That was a Jesuit that wrote Mein Kampf. And, you know, it's just, it's it's very interesting that these guys do these same things over and over again. Like we hear, they're not creative at all. They have to take from the past and reinvent the wheel, essentially. But not really. They're doing the same shit over and over again. And this is why people like you and me, I don't know about you, but I don't have a formal education. I know that you're intelligent. Um, I consider myself somewhat smart. I wouldn't say intelligent, Dude, but you know, I can put pieces. Oh, thank you. I can put pieces together. That's what I'm saying. And so can you, I'm sure Tara can too. You know what I mean? Like anyone, anyone that's really listening to this kind of shit can, can figure out that the same things are going on. And it blows my mind when people don't see that Bill Gates is part of this shit. He's not your friend. George Soros is not your friend. Shit. You know, I, if, for me being a Trump fan, I kind of had to admit that, you know, probably Trump's not really a good guy either. You know what I mean? All these people getting to that fucking level, they're not your friend, dude. They don't give a shit about these things. Um, and, and then, yeah, when you tie in that they're all just Jesuits, it's, it's fucking insane, dude. Um, so yeah, we talked. Patterns, the patterns that emerge are really incredible, but it's, that's the way this structure works, right? They funnel these people in through certain groups. Yeah. Exactly, dude. So let me let me talk about some of these people real quick that are Jesuits. I'm not going to list too many, um, but I came across my list here. So first of all, and the most terrifying thing is eight of the nine Supreme Court justices are all Jesuit educated and all part of the Phi Beta Kappa uh, Jesuit fraternity order influenced by communist ideals. It's a Marxist fraternity. And, and again, that's Phi Beta Kappa. Eight of the nine Supreme Court justices all think the same way. But how is that possible? I think that, what is there, six Republicans, three Democrats? Fucking only one of them doesn't have the same education as the other, as the other nine. So that's the highest court in the land, and they're, they're all on one side. Really fucked up. I mentioned the Trumps. I mentioned the Bidens. Um, Gavin Newsom, who Gavin Newsom, uh, you know, corrupt governor of California, he was with uh, Trump's Trump Jr.'s uh, girlfriend um, before he was. So she just must like that Jesuit dick. Um, fucking the Podestas, those molesters out of the, the, the Pizzagate scandal. Um, they're Jesuits as well. Fauci, believe it or not, that's a shock, right? And then you got the Cuomos, the Cuomo family. Not only the two brothers, the scumbag meatball governor and then the goddamn uh, fucking asshole anchor that, you know, it's just insane. And then also the, um, the, the father, obviously, too. That's kind of who got them all involved in this. But when you talk about these highest level people that are always on TV, Cuomo got, a, got an Emmy for his, his work with COVID. And New York was one of the worst affected states. Believe in the virus or not, there was a lot of deaths there, right? So it's, it's just this ritualistic shit. He went through his embarrassment ritual when... Woman after woman after woman was accusing him of sexual harassment. 
nothing happened. That was hot in the news for about a month. And then it just went away. That was an embarrassment ritual for him. You know what I mean? Um, Trump, you know, possibly that was his embarrassment ritual. He didn't show up to the um, the inauguration of Joe Biden. Um, I believe in those kinds of things. Do you, what do you think about like embarrassment rituals and like sacrifices and things like that? Well, that's definitely a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I want to go back to something, though that I just found that relates uh, to what you mentioned before about George Washington okay. and possibly being connected to the Jesuits. But before straying away from what you just said, I mean, initiations go through certain levels and that's mm-hmm. part of it for these groups that are more nefarious. They're trying to shatter people's identity and, you know, they humiliate them so that they start to identify with the group rather than who they are right this obedience creation so but just uh, like the military like you said just like the military all disempowerment thank you sure sure yeah yeah absolutely good contribution good contribution right there (laughs) um let's see in the 18th century the jesuits with were charged with having an intimate connection with freemasonry and the invention of the degree of Kadash. So that's a degree within Freemasonry. Was even attributed to those members of the society who constituted the College of Claremont. The th- this theory of Jesuitical Freemasonry seems to have originated with the Illuminati. Let's see. Um, where's the more George Washington? What a part? great band name, Jesuitical. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so they're definitely up in there, dude. Sorry, that was kind of a deflated. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about George Washington. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but it it just seemed like the book had more to offer than that. Uh, But yeah, yeah, if people are interested, Leo Lyon, Zagami, Confessions of an Illuminati, is some stuff about the Jesuits in here, but not enough to really parse anything. I, I read this book years ago. And I put it in front of me thinking that there would be some interesting stuff here to jump at us. But, yeah, there's definitely – he also mentioned maybe more generally uh, that the Jesuits used to be kind of in the age of enlightenment, like a force of good trying to, uh, at least on the surface, fight the oppressive kings and and queens of that time to, uh, you know, release men from that constraint. But – well, dude, after, so listen, so so that two centuries that changed that the fact that you bring that up right now, I don't know if you, you um, I know I mentioned Albert Pike predicting the world wars. This was back in the 1800s. I, I want to say the 1880s. Um, he said that the first world war was going to be to dismantle the royal families. So it, it dismantled the monarchy. So Albert Pike, very, very high profile Freemason. Um, obviously knows some shit about the undertakings of this, what we would like to call the new world order, whatever you want to call them. Um, so the first world war is to get rid of the monarchies to, to basically weaken them. Second world war is going to be against, uh, fascism against Zionism. That was what the fuck it was too. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, this third world war, he's predicting that it would be um, the Christians and the Islamists fighting against each other so that they weaken each other to a, a, a state 
so greatly that the Zionists can come in and take their rightful place as the rulers of the world. Now, this isn't me saying that Jews want to run the world or that Jews run the world. This is Albert Pike saying this. I'm just reiterating what he says. So um, I find that to be pretty accurate. He was two out of three so far. Um, just the, the problem is when is the third going to kick up and, and what kind of shit are they going to do? I heard a good point that they're likely not going to use nukes in this kind of a thing. It would be something like an EMP because all these 5G towers going up, all of this infrastructure that's being built, if you truly use a nuclear bomb, if let's say China nuked the United States, they can't use this land anymore. You know what I mean? For like a long fucking time. So with an EMP, that would just like kind of disable the electronic um, you know, infrastructure that's set up. And it would make it so that they could just come back in after people, you know, starve to death, um, you know, do all the the shit that comes with like a, a power outage with, you know, it would it blew my mind in Texas when it was snowing and these people hadn't really seen snow much. And they're complaining that they don't have water to drink. It's like, motherfucker, take the snow and melt it. That's ice turns into water. You know what I mean? But they didn't like that's how soft people are and how the lack of common sense for survivability. You know what I mean? It, it, Texans always talk about their guns. You're hungry. Go fucking shoot something. You know what I mean? Don't shoot a person or your dog or something. But there's all kinds of wildlife that, that's running around. If you're that hungry, um, it, it's just it's fascinating how weak people are. And I know that people turn to cannibalism within five days of not eating. So if if you know the power grid were to go down, where'd you where'd you read that? Is that true? You've seen that happen in your real life? I, I don't know s- if I believe that. No, I didn't see it in in real life. I saw it in my dreams, dude. Okay, this <laughs> happens. No, no, I, it's just like a you know one of those statistics that gets thrown around. Right. It's probably like you know for some people it'd be like three days. Some people it'd be never. You know what I mean? But like the average person and you think about it, dude, have you got a day without eating? It fucking sucks, man. It really does suck. So you get the headaches, you know, all that shit. So who knows? But, um, it is a, it is an interesting little kind of dynamic. And I heard a really cool theory that the pyramids all around the world back in like ancient times, were essentially what we are using as 5G towers today. So there were power, there was a power grid, a lot of them on ley lines, a lot of them on these points throughout the world. Some are now underwater with the plates shifting and whatnot. And that's what, with the denser population, the more spread out population, that's what these 5Gs are. The 5G towers are the reinvented pyramids. I don't know if you think that sounds stupid, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense. There's a lot of power that came from those. Yeah, no, I I think I don't think that sounds stupid in the sense that like yeah, the pyramids were part of a, an energy grid. Yeah, whether people had cell phones connected to pyramids, I think that <laughs> that's totally different. No, but no, no, no. I, the I idea... always understood it as like a, a sort of psychic, uh, you know, vibrational energy that could be used yeah. as electricity, but also for other things like levitating uh, huge stones. Exactly. They weren't using cell phones, obviously. Um, They weren't uh, having light bulbs in their house or anything like that. But the power that was going around the world, the the, uh, you know, electronic power or whatever kind of power you want to call it. That's how it was transmitted throughout the world was through this this grid of pyramids. That's the idea with that. Um, So I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. Um, But I got a little more shit. Do you have much more here? No, I was uh, I was just kind of flying by what you have, but there 
is one part of this uh, this cyclopedia that's a little more interesting on the uh, Jesuits. The society has been attacked and condemned in almost every country on the face of the earth, but still maintains a vigorous existence and exercises extraordinary power in secular and religious matters. The order has secret signs and passwords according to the degrees to which the members belong. And as they wear no particular dress, it is very difficult to recognize them unless they reveal themselves as members of the order, for they may appear as Protestants or Catholics. Democrats or aristocrats. I guess that was different back in the late 1800s. (laughs) Infidels or bigots, according to the special mission with which they are entrusted. There are spies everywhere and all apparent ranks of society, and they may appear learned and wise or simple and foolish as their instructions run. Jesuits are of both sexes and all ages, and it is a well-known fact that members of the order of high family and delicate nurture are acting as menial servants in Protestant families and doing other things of similar nature in aid of society's purpose. Hmm. So they're basically saying, yeah, the Jesuits are everywhere. They look, you know, like anybody. It could be anybody, but that just goes to show like how you know, the point of infiltration, like this is in the 1800s. This is why they're talking about, you know, Protestants versus Catholics and Democrats versus aristocrats as if there's some contrast there. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. it's, um, it's very well, interesting to see even back then, you know, they considered them, you know, spies and all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've kind of found this to be the most true thing out of the democratic whole idea since they don't want a middle class, it's kind of interesting that like very, very poor people, like people collecting welfare, they tend to be Democrat. And also the hyper, hyper elite tend to be Democrat as well. You got a lot of middle class people that are Republicans, right? Or that identify themselves close to oh, Republicans. I call yeah, myself independent. I'm, yeah, I know. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm up in Connecticut, so I know that very well, right? Yeah. I mean, the wealthiest county in the whole United States is Greenwich County, which is very super liberal, you know, but then again, there are very, very conservative people who are millionaires. Absolutely. The Koch brothers. Yeah. Billionaires. So, so yeah, billionaires too. So it does go on both sides, but you could see the way Connecticut votes were clearly democratic. And that is just like you said, the poorest of the citizens here in this state are pretty much Democrat. And it seemed to me like there wasn't much thought, it goes into it it's just like yeah these are the people that are in our community so we're gonna go with them and it's insidious you know the way the democrats do that type of outreach and take advantage of people but yeah, yeah it, it comes from that old hegelian dialect a prussian thing and that's not too far fetched from rome right these yeah. are all connected you know these ideas these people from these academic establishments and institutions you know they have created the framework through which generations afterwards have manipulated culture to you know take people away from what it means to be human beings yeah those who are so you know apt to take part in that insidious agenda into the right places to have those positions 
Yeah, the useful idiots get tapped into big time too, dude. So, but yeah, man. So uh, I do want to get into some of the craziest shit that I found right now since we're we're nearing the end. Okay, Um, Karen Hughes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a former attorney for the World Bank. Okay, she very high profile, very you know well connected woman. Um, She believes that this big headed race of blue eyed who also the uh, the eyes are also very large too. This is the person that really floated the idea at a at a high profile level uh, that these little beings are living under the Vatican. I shouldn't call them little. That again, this is what the refer. She refers to them as the Homo Capensis. Again, probably Nephilim for like the more Christian people or whatever. And she, I mean, for someone like that, again, arguably a globalist, is she controlled opposition? Possibly. Um, or, it, or maybe she's just trying to make the Vatican look bad, or paint them in a bad light or whatever. But it is kind of uh, just an interesting thing. That'd be like, you know, everyone was it, everyone's always waiting on a president to come out and say, like, 100 percent without a doubt, there are aliens. You know what I mean? Um, just even if they're lying about it, it's it's something that for some reason a lot of people are waiting for. And um, I just find it kind of interesting that someone like this is talking about something that could be the Nephilim underneath the Vatican. This is why 60% of your tax dollars go to the Vatican, right? In her words, um, shit like that. It's all just to, 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 I don't know if they're feeding these things or what the deal is, dude, but it's very interesting. And I mentioned to you uh, last time we spoke, Mark, this Malachi Martin guy, he was a priest, okay? Got very, very high up in the Jesuits. And again, 1963, he talks about what happened in 1963. JFK was shot. And he talks about a 1963 black mass ritual in St. Paul's Cathedral at the Vatican. Right. Cardinals installed Lucifer literally like he's not speaking metaphorically or in the spiritual realm. He says that the Cardinals installed Lucifer as the head of the church. So I don't know if this means that whoever has been pope since then. I know that there's been a couple um maybe they have the spirit of lucifer in them more so than the spirit of christ or whatever else they believe in right um but he he also says that these children like the the cardinals were taking children down there they were raping them to death they were doing horrible horrible things to these kids and it's all a luciferian ritual and what they do with these kids 99% of child molestation um is luciferian ritualistic type shit um and i find that to be kind of true if you look at like these hardcore pedophile mug shots they they don't look like they're humans dude like they got something wrong with their eyes you know what i mean like there's something because i'm always using that neighbors app where you can like look at all the pedophiles around you know what i mean in like your city i'm always looking at these motherfuckers dude and they they all have the same look of just like no joy um they seem subhuman. You know what I mean? They really do. I'm not just saying that because you know that they're scumbags, but it's almost like you can pick them out on the street. You're like, Oh, that dude's a fucking pedophile. You know what I mean? Like it's, it seems maybe, maybe I just got a haunch for it or something, but it's just weird that, that this guy kind of said that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but he started speaking out about this, this Malachi Martin, and he of course died too. So right, right after he started speaking about it, so you don't move up in that Jesuit organization, turn your back on them, start speaking out about it, and then bail on them. And another thing with the 1963 and JFK connection is they have a um, 
portrait of JFK dead in his convertible when he was shot in Dallas and Jackie's holding him in her arms and it's just on the wall in the Vatican. Why the fuck is there a picture of a dead president in the Vatican? You know what I mean? And and I know what you're thinking, Mark. I know I haven't been there. I haven't seen it myself, but this no, is what I, I, I take your word for that. I mean, that's different. That's not a subjective take, but yeah, I think that, you know, there's evidence to prove that I, I'm not going to put it on you to go there and look at it yourself. I don't want you to. Yeah, dude, fund the trip. I'll go, dude. I'll go. Yeah, that's it. We'll go together. We'll <laughs> yeah, man. We'll see how dangerous this world actually is. Yeah, dude, we got to act I like we're like crazy. They know I'll do it. Dude, I'll fucking do that shit, too. We should do a GoFundMe and just see if we can get that off. But um, and then so, yeah, I told you, too, about those um, the 1981 Marian apparitions in this fucking place is so hard to pronounce. Medjugorje, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's like this, um, uh, how they describe it, it's alleged, an alleged site. You said that was in Bolivia though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not in Spain. It's in, in it's like in between Bolivia. I can look it up on a map real quick. It's, 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 it seems like it's in Europe, which would fit in to what we're talking about here. Yeah, Medjugorje. It's right there by, so it's in by Bosnia and hers. I don't know what the fuck uh, this is. Herzegovina. It's in, it's in the Eastern, like Eastern Europe area. Yes. So yeah, it's, yeah. Did I say Bolivia? My bad. It's bees. You know, I know it's in a completely <laughs> different continent, but you know. Bosnia, Her- Herzegovina. Boston, Bosnia, it's the same shit. But no, so, so the, it's in this area between, um, it's in a town of Bosnia, okay? And these people in, in 81 saw the Virgin Mary on this mountain, okay? And in the 90s, in the early 90s, these three children were taken there. No one knows their names, but they're supposedly they were being groomed to be false prophets. And they got the instructions from the highest orders, like the highest people in the Jesuits to you know, sort of like lay out their agenda. They had a a schedule of when they were allowed to do it. And basically it's a familiar message that a lot of like religious uh, people have heard throughout time. And that's, you know, renounce your faith or die. And that's what they're supposed to be doing. Right. When I heard that, I was thinking about that Greta Thunberg girl, very young. She, she seems like she is too young to have been alive um, in the nineties or at least old enough to be groomed. She's what 18 now. Um, but we don't know her real age, right? She looks very young and she is preaching the message of climate change. And she's saying that, you know, everyone's going to die unless they subject themselves to this green new deal shit. And that kind of seems like a new religion to me. And it is something that everyone could in theory get behind, right? Because there's no God involved. The God in this case is the earth. And so that's why I find it to be kind of coincidental that it's these young people they're going to become false prophets and essentially that's another unholy trinity um going against like the the holy trinity of the church and, and of the bible and all that shit so not the most educated on the bible but i mean a lot of this shit makes sense to me and like kind of like that crazy comic book world type shit yeah i would I, crazy comic book world is is really a fun way to describe it but i think the truth is stranger than fiction really yeah. When you start to go down these rabbit holes, you're like, oh, wait, they're basing these comic books off true stuff because 
that's you know that's where all the most interesting things happen i mean yeah I, every time i learn more conspiracies i'm like oh this is like you know what i saw in captain planet when i was a kid or <laughs> you know like they, yeah, yeah. they don't make that stuff up for whole cloth it, it comes from real life you know and, and there's these secret evil groups out there just like cobra kai or 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 cobra you know, G.I. Joe, you know, all of this stuff, man, it, it's real. It really is real, I think. It's got to be predictive programming, and it's great to get the kids young. You know, like like, like Eddie Bravo always says, like one of the first toys that you get as a kid is a globe. You know what I mean? So, like, it's pounded in your head. And I'm not a flat earther. I don't know what the fuck we're living on. But I do find that kind of interesting that it's right, right away what you get is that globe. Um, so, yeah, dude, predictive programming is absolutely a real thing. Were you going to say something? Oh, do you see that behind no. me? With what was pendant? it? Oh, a globe, dude. <laughs> that's God, that's how you know where mind. that's how you know where Bolivia is, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm always studying my globe. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. But no, dude. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing, man. Freaking, uh, um, what's her name? That Mother Teresa. She even got baptized right. in in India in the name of Shiva, dude. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? All these like holy people. It really is like what's up is down. And like, you know, you don't know. I guarantee she had some Jesuit ties. I didn't really research that. Um, Once I saw that she was, you know, connected to Shiva the Destroyer, I was like, okay, well, she's evil too. So it's fucked up, man. We're fucked. That's all I got to say. So you just got to be, you got to wear headbands like that. And you got to just like, you know, live your best life, dude. Little poncho. That's cultural appropriation right there, dude how i'm dressed yeah the poncho no way a mexican would be very mad i'm sure no (laughs) that's okay no dude i i got like three of those honestly i'm only 25 percent mexican so i can only wear it above my shoulders but speaking of uh i'm about to have xg on the podcast next week speaking of mexicans you should have said (laughs) that's funny dude that's awesome man what are you guys gonna talk about actually yeah, uh, no, XG said he would be down to do my family thinks I'm crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I I got this from, a, I think I got it from a, a indigenous people's store, like, that they had at the mall. How's that for cultural appropriation? Yeah, they should be <laughs> selling it out of a hut, dude. That's, that's fucked up. They called it, like, Native American goods, you know, at some, like, mall yeah. in, in Connecticut. <laughs> We've got one of those here in the Tucson Mall, and it's, like, all turquoise. It's, like, nice shit. It's, like, nothing that they – it's, like, gold and, like, diamonds. It's, like, dude, what the fuck are we doing here? But, yeah, no, you're right, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate you guys getting together and just having a quick chat here um what's what's in the works for uh alt media united and M- mftic this is the patreon portion that we're in and these are the most loyal of the um of the listeners and thanks to you and uh tinfoil hat my my patronage has gone up quite a bit so um, awesome yeah spit to these people and uh let well, them yeah let no, them know thanks what. for thanks for letting me uh join you for this awesome swap cast folks if you're hearing this right now and you got some more time on patreon got my girl tara here we're doing some awesome podcasts together on the patreon nice Uh, what tier podcast called scene the synchronistic experiment in the ever expanding now and really my goal is to help people improve their lives 
you know, and I think synchronicity is a big part of that. It's something that people understand and it's something that happens when you listen to podcasts. So I just really love being a part of this and, and people have been hitting me up more and more like, Oh, I got this synchronicity from listening. You know, I was listening to this and it matched up with this. So please, if you want, listen to my show and reach out to me. Tell me what you think. Tell me about your own personal stories. Tell me about your own personal synchros because we'd love to uh, talk to you. If you join the Patreon shit, we'll get you on scene. But uh, but yeah, a new yeah. episode that just came out, Dan Danunaki. I'm going to put a bunch of episodes out this week. So nice. Yeah, it's out Saturday, Friday for you though, right? Yeah, I'm going to put this out Friday, but, uh, you know, the, the free portion, the, the, the freeloaders won't be able to hear this part. But, you know, I, I'll give you a second to think about it, dude. But what is your best, like, what is the most, like, profound synchronicity that that you have, like, experienced personally? And then while you're, like, kind of thinking about that, it is very true that the more information you take in, whether it's even just movies, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books information that you're taking in the more you're getting out the more synchronicities and the more meaningful ones are gonna kind of occur in your life it's it's fascinating because like i used to not really ever experience any at any time um then i i think i heard first the term on grimerica because i'm relatively new to the whole podcasting community um haven't even really been listening to podcasts for more than three years um but you know, it's it's a very interesting idea, and I start experiencing experiencing them when you hear the word synchronicity, and you're like, okay, whoa, that means this, and then you you go out in the world and you start you start kind of like having them. You know, it's it's fascinating. But yeah. you got one? Yeah, I mean, geez, Brian, I uh, ever since I was a young man in school, I was studying this type of stuff, and uh, it all blends together. It all blends together. So my life has been a series of synchronicities, but the most profound and the most interesting is this one sitting right here next to me. All the synchronicities, I'm all plugged in, but all the synchronicities that have gone on between Tara and I in the past, uh, what is it, 20 days now? By, By the time this is released, it'll be... You know, almost 24 days we've spent together uh, side by side, but we've been together for, what is it, three months now? You guys living together now? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And and this is, I mean, this is really synchronistic and and I cherish her and I appreciate her and uh, I love her, you know, so this is really this is the synchronicity that I have to say is the most profound. <laughs> Why is that? Is it because it's like, you guys think that you're kind of the same person or, or synchronicity like. Synchronicity brought us together. Yeah, no. Synchronicity was more of an action than a describing term. Like our relationship is synchronistic in many ways, but synchronicity brought us together. Yeah. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, like, hey, as long as you guys are happy, you know what I mean? And that's all that really matters. And you guys look pretty happy. So, um, yeah, no, I, I do really very much appreciate conversation. Yeah, that's actually we're going to be getting into a little bit about that on scene and uh, maybe another podcast that we have in the works. So I'm not really ready to talk about it yet. OK, but- yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, Tara, because I was going to say, like, you didn't really give me an answer, but that's a that's perfect. You know, as long as you guys found each other and you're happy that's great you know this is not going to turn into a relationship podcast 
on my end. But hey, you guys can do that all you want. You know what I mean? I'm not a matchmaker here. I'm, I'm not. A, I don't have any advice for anyone. And if I gave someone advice, they should do the opposite. Quite frankly, we're in the dangerous world podcast right now, so we're trying to keep our guard up a little bit, Ryan. Yeah, dude, you never know what's going to happen. Dangerous world. <laughs> no, man, I pre- I really do appreciate you guys. Um, thank you very much, both of you, for hopping on. Um, plug away here, really quick, again, just for the patrons, but I will plug in the beginning of the uh, at at the intro there. Yeah, like you mentioned, altmediaunited.com. That's the podcast cooperative that I founded. If you have a podcast and you want to get some support or be a part of a community of like-minded individuals, email me at altmediaunited at gmail.com. Pretty soon I'll have a mark at altmediaunited.com. But until then, altmediaunited at gmail.com. And of course, my podcast, which you might be listening to because this is a swap cast. Uh, my family thinks I'm crazy. They really do. Tara is my co-host. I have a couple different friends that co-host with me every now and then. But Tara is the main co-host. And we've had a bunch of really awesome guests on in the past month. Those episodes will be released. I'm planning on putting out a couple uh, before this one comes out as a swap cast. But yeah, Dan Danunaki, we got into the box saga. I just talked to Tino Sanchez about CBD, cannabis, COVID, all this different stuff. Uh, Laura Lenhard, which nobody knows who that is because she's someone who I've known for probably like six or seven years. She's a psychic medium and tarot card reader, and she is in my area. So that's why I know that she probably hasn't been on any podcasts, but yeah, she's pretty dope. And, and we had a really awesome conversation on my podcast and many, many more interesting interviews to come folks. We're doing awesome. this live and full time. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that is the most excited I've seen you all episodes. So that lets me know that this was a good episode. Okay. So no, no. I've, I've been, I've been hitting <laughs> the books over here, dude, trying to keep up with you, dude. You had so much information this time. Oh, thank you. I have, I have a whole, I have seven books that were on my desk just trying to keep up with this. Cause I wanted to bring something fresh, you know, Jesuits is not my forte, but I have a lot to say about it. You know, no, yeah, it, it was- I, I do. Yeah, I think people like the source information too, you know? And that's the thing I was going to ask you, do you do much research online or is it you try to stick with books? I do. (laughs) Dude, my research used to be only online. Yeah. Yeah. I like online. The internet's become so different now for me that I I feel like I'm not like even using the same. I got to find different websites, but yeah, no, mostly books now. Cause this, this is part of the synchronicity, man. Like, Maybe I can work that into the computer somehow with like a randomizer, but uh, but with books, I truly feel like certain books call to me, and that's become more more potent uh, place to do my research because it aligns with my purpose a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I have so many different books that like I could pull out six or seven books that have something to say about the Jesuits and this is the result of that <laughs> yeah yeah no it was awesome man i like the the more historical stuff that you brought in because that's what brandon used to do dude and i am not big on history like i enjoy it i think it's fascinating and i think it is very important but it, you know just uh i like the the crazy shit like the the mark guy talking about the demonic you know sacrifices well, you going know on what? under the vatican here's a here's a interesting thing maybe we can do a podcast about this in a couple of weeks after tara and i do some more research but 
uh, Exodus, Andreas Exodus, past guest on your show. Yeah, yeah. When he was in my show, um, when he was on Tinfoil Hat, he mentioned that Mark Twain was drinking adrenochrome. And yeah, Tara yeah. and I actually drove by the Mark Twain house last night, like in Connecticut. So we we're right here in the place to do the research. So I'm going to come back with more because I think what's really cool is like people out there listening to the podcast where you're living right now could be somewhere full of history that you can find yourself. I mean, Ryan, there's plenty of things in Arizona that go back thousands of years that you could research. And then you might find more interest in history because you're actually like getting out and looking at it with your own eyes. and your Sure. Own yeah. 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 I so. mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think, like I said, history is very interesting and it's important, but um, like I said, like for me, the most interesting thing that we have here is like the skinwalker or Sedona. You know what I mean? Well, no, no, no. And, and the, there's all these things in Phoenix because it was built by Freemasons, so yeah. you can look at all that. I mean, I'll we'll talk off air. I'll send you some really cool stuff. But for people listening who are like, ah, oh, give me something. Corey Daniels has all this really great research. PhoenixEnigma.com, I would recommend if you're in Arizona. You need to know what Corey Daniels is doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then like my listeners, maybe your listeners, I don't know if this yeah, this you don't have the, you're not putting this on the Patreon, right? So um, Philip Marshall, dude, look up Philip Marshall. He's a, a very interesting guy, exposed, uh, kind of blew the whistle on Pinal Air Park, which if you look at Pinal Air Park, looks like a dump. Um, but he said that three of the 19 hijackers were trained at this air park uh, for 9-11, and then he ends up dying a few months later. If you look up his books on uh, YouTube, uh, or not on YouTube, where the fuck you get books on YouTube? Amazon. They're, they go for between his second book goes for between two and four hundred dollars. His third book goes like it can get up to a thousand dollars for a, so, a fucking paperback book. Um, I look for them every day when I'm at um, at uh, used bookstores and stuff. It's Philip Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. Um, but yeah, this dude died in a murder suicide. He killed his 13 and 14 year old kids in the house, killed himself. And the neighbors in his California home said that an unmarked cleaning crew came to clean up the crime scene before uh, the the police did. So very interesting little story there. Did a whole episode on it. So, um, yeah, man, let me know. Keep me posted, you guys. I Very, very good luck to you both with your ventures in the podcasting world. I think you're going to do great. Um, and again, Mark, thank you for connecting me with Sam, man. You blew my audience up. It's It's very, very awesome. So. Not Thank me, it's Tim Full Hat, brother. I just put the cool people in the place to have the fun conversations, and you knocked it out of the park. You had a fucking kick-ass conversation, so Thank it's you. all you, dude. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy a couple of his. I'm gonna have to buy a couple of his t-shirts just for the uh, the help that he gave me there. So I appreciate you guys. We'll wrap this up. Um, obviously, we'll continue talking here, but thank you all very much uh, for listening to my Patreon portion. Mark's giving it out for free a day later. So, um, you know, obviously lots more content here on the Patreon for just $3. Patreon.com slash Dangerous World, you already know. So thank you guys. Stay very safe out there. And I'll talk to you again very soon, Mark.